0: Are you a fan of fortune cookies? Yeah, I guess so. Well, I mean, what do you like? You, do you do you think there's Do you like? Do you like the taste of it? Do you think like the actual fortune stuff has any whimsy to it? Like, what what do you like about it?
1: Yeah, I think I think the flavor is is pretty good, and the fortune part of it, you know, sometimes they're good for a laugh. But I can't say I have super
0: super strong feelings about any aspect of fortune cookies. <laughs> um so there's a company there's there's, i'm sure they're based in san francisco because why not um there's a company called open fortune that found a way to uh turn fortune cookies into a monetizable ad unit because of course and uh guess who they partnered with Mm. (laughs) it's no longer you know how every every um Small to mid sized startup, like they're, they're uh, like they thrive, like their catnip is which, which Fortune 100 company it was like their logo. What, whose can we stick on our homepage to show that we're, we're, we're doing business with the big guys? So the website for this company is no longer on there. Uh, shocker, but yeah, um, openfortune.com was manufacturing fortune cookies with the, uh, for FTX. Uh, that allowed people to uh, quote change the world, and this is their chance. Mm. So yeah, this just feels like I I don't like fortune cookies. I actually do like how they taste. So if there was a way to have like uh, empty fortune cookies that kind of talked about that kind of were a metaphor for the hollowness of life, I'd be into that. But um, this, like, I don't want a Grubhub promo code <laughs> or something that's telling me that I can get a free month of HBO Max. Um, because that's what that's what diapers are for. Who, who who was the? I sent you a thing on Instagram. Not that the um that the listeners are going to have access to this, but what comp, What streaming service were you? Did you get a free month from if you bought a certain brand of diapers? It wasn't one of the top tier ones. <laughs> I, I don't know where um, my phone is,
1: but I I have it to was, admit I, I, I didn't look at it terribly closely.
0: That's fine. It was Paramount Plus. So if you bought some. Paw Patrol co-branded Huggies you got a free month of Paramount Plus of which I do not know if Paw Patrol is on Paramount Plus or not but I mean it it, it must be I don't know who I, I've never seen a, even I'm I'm I've no, sorry no I don't watch kids programming but I'm aware of kids programming I don't know what Paw Patrol is I've heard Have of you, it. it yeah But so it's it hasn't you're you're lucky that your your kid likes the classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah nice. Con- continues to be a, a very big Sesame Street fan. And we're we're in the midst of a a new season of Sesame Street, so every Thursday, I think,
0: there's a there's a new
1: episode, which
0: which is kind of fun. Nice. Uh but they make you watch a, a trailer for the Red Dragon. <laughs> is that what it's called? The Red Dragon? Uh the big Dragon? House House a... of Dragon. Close. Close. All right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one other thing I was looking at. It was related to Sesame Street. No, oh, I can't find it. But somebody, I uh, one, I follow a decent number of um, DC like press pool photographers, and somebody got a good, really good picture of uh, Big Bird um, next to the Capitol Police, and it was it was it was a fun juxtaposition. I'll see mm. if I can find it.
2: Mm. All
0: right, follow up. Uh, I got some important stuff here. So this was not actually in the. Ooh. doc but i'll send it over to you this this was this was kept because it, it's going to be a slam against um indirectly against you a little bit but oh so f- so friend of the show taylor swift yeah you, you're darn right friend of the show taylor swift uh in uh the first week of, of what the billboard charts for the month of december when all the christmas classics come back has maintained her number one spot and that w- w- what do you think that means
1: that my beloved Michael Bublé did not damn right uh, top the holiday charts or not top the the overall charts I guess this year. Exactly
0: right. I love it. Um uh, like Mariah can definitely be up there. Like that that's great. Like that's a a a, a storied artist with a with an amazing career, but yeah, Michael Bublé can get can can sit down. Michael Bublé's so, Christmas is number 4,
1: bumping but who, Little Babies, it's only me to fifth place. Damn yeah, damn, so, damn right little baby.
0: Well, but that's the thing. Here's the, I don't know. Maybe maybe you can ask. Um, uh, if you, oh, never mind. If you, if you know any uh, people in the um, forty to sixty year old age range, maybe get some feedback on this. When did they stop understanding popular music? Because if you go well, if you go a few sentences back in here, I know who Drake is. I don't know what a Twenty One Savage is, nor do I know what a bad quote Bad Bunny is. But apparently. Those two people have the second and third most popular art, uh, albums in the United States right now. But I, I don't. One, I don't think I need Swift. to ask a, a forty to
1: sixty year old that question. As as a soon to be thirty five year old, no, I, no. I can tell you that I have very much lost track of.
0: No, no, but I but I want to know for them when did they? Because like, there's uh, this old. Did you ever watch The Simpsons? Oh uh, yeah, as as a kid, there was a thing where Abe Simpson, like Grandpa Simpson, had a thing where he's talking to Homer about kind of like Homer's like I'm always gonna be cool and all this kind of stuff, and then apes, I forgot the quote was, but it's like uh, I used to be with it, but then uh, um uh, do, 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 do. Uh, I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it anymore, and what it seems uh, now what it is seems weird and scary. It'll happen to you. I just want to know what that age is, because for me it feels like that was like it's kind of actually, it's the, it's my, uh, cause like the, the Carlos theorem or whatever it was like 28 is when your body just starts breaking down and just parts <laughs> of your body just start hurting for no reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, I think 28 is probably when the top 50 songs in the U S or whatever, just kind of started slipping mm- away from you. Or since most of them, you're just like, what is this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not, not only do you not know the song, you don't even know the artist.
0: Oh, totally! Yeah. Like, when I, yeah, if you go to Spotify and you click on the the hip, the hottest albums and the like, yeah, it's just well, who who are these people? But then you click on it and then it says like ninety eight million listeners a month. <laughs> who? Who? Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. Good on Taylor Swift. Okay. Holiday smart home. I think that's probably you.
1: No, no, that's that's you. Um, what I
0: do? What what I do? I got
1: what? a. Very very angry um, Slack message at like two or two o'clock two thirty in the morning, which of course I didn't oh.
0: see until Weemo. the next day. <laughs> these Wemo switches, ah, uh, throw them into the bay. Like, <laughs> why does this? Why does this stuff suck so much? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sitting there, like like on on my hands and knees, try like like with my arms through in the like hugging a Christmas tree, trying to do a hard reset on these fucking Wemo switches so that I can ask like, to turn like it's so dumb and it's so bad and i it and then when you ha- when you do reset it successfully you have to scan the 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 home like the, is there a name for the home kit version of a qr code thingy
1: yeah i think i mean they just refer to it like as the home kit code right
0: sure but the thing is like so then you like once you've reset it and it's blinking it's alternating white and orange and it's telling me you, you have to that you it's ready to pair or whatever it you have to scan the the that code but like the thing is plugged in in an area with a really dim light so I'm standing there with my with my work phone with in flashlight mode trying to scan this dumb thing on my hands and knees because if I unplug it and scan it it's not going to be detectable cuz it's not plugged in and I hate it yep smart yep. it's it's bad I hate it and again, going off of last week's, or two weeks ago, um, sorry, we took a week off, people. Um, Like, Alexa's bad. Smart home stuff's bad. Everything except Hue lights are bad. And also, had the Hue Festivia lights or whatever, or Splendor lights, like, they, they this would not have been an issue, because I could have just used Hue lights instead. Because, again, this year, I was impulsive and decided I wanted a real tree, and I'm very happy about that, but... This is dumb and I hate smartphone stuff and it's bad.
1: Smart home stuff <laughs> is bad. No objections from me there. We have, we have a long long documented history of supporting that statement here. My little... particularly
0: but like the WeMo ones cuz when I bought these you like uh, and I and it's it has not changed in 3 years you were like hey the setup is bad but these are okay otherwise or or I think you said these are the least bad but in particular the setup sucks. It was yeah. most of it. And then I and yep. I Googled it and every, like they had three, three out of five stars everywhere. And that's basically what everybody says. Like, yeah, setting them up is a pain in the ass and they sometimes work and that's not, that's not acceptable.
1: So my, my smart home hack, which I think I've shared here before, maybe even at this time last year is what I've done the last couple of years is. What I so, so actually backing up further than that, what I used to do is when I was setting up all these WeMo smart switches and stuff, which is you know usually for the holidays, I would you know set them up, go th- go through the struggle of that. They'd you know be up and running for the holiday season, and then at the end of the holiday season, I would like disconnect them. I re- would remove them from the Home app or from the WeMo app or like whatever, and then the next year I'd you know have to go through that painful setup process again. But what I started doing a couple of years ago is not, you know, deactivating or disconnecting any of the Wemo switches or anything else. And instead, just, you know, like in the home app, moving them into just like a, I think I call it like inactive smart switch stuff or like whatever. Um, And the great thing about doing that is that when I go to plug them in again the following holiday season they just connect right up because they don't. they don't need to go through the setup process again and i i did that again this year and it's actually worked really well i don't i don't think i've had i know for sure none of the wemo switches have given me any trouble i think maybe one of those iHome outdoor plugs which which we've talked about which have, have basically been <laughs> kind of you know bricked except for their home kit support now i think i had to reset like one of those maybe but but other than that it's been been pretty good this year so i, I would recommend doing that like don't don't ever disconnect your home your um, your smart home stuff once it's been set up even if you're not actively but, using it
0: but you understand that that's ridiculous it's wild
1: it's wildly dumb but but all smart home stuff is dumb so if you're gonna if you're gonna use smart home stuff you just gotta lean into it and embrace it and you know what if if we're being honest here i don't i actually don't even really use like the voice assistant stuff or anything i i basically just use them as like a timer and it's a smart timer because it you know dynamically shifts to you know, the sunset time because like they're they're set to turn on, you know, 15 minutes before sunset, there's, there's probably like dumb timers that could also do something like that. Um, but you know, we're nerds. This is what we do.
0: Yeah, but, but there are, there are limits. Like I, 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 you are giving the most practical advice possible and it it all makes sense. And it's, it's, it's optimizing for the best of what's currently available and that, but I, but I, I resent that. (laughs) <laughs> like, like the Michael Jordan says it, I, and I took offense to that. Like, it's just no. Like, cause my thing is like my the, like my tree's right next to the to the OLED TV, and if I want to watch something like a, a big distracting like, bunch of lights uh, is not ideal, and I don't want to again go climb behind a tree and unplug it or turn, click the thing. Like, I'm not speaking to the to the voices, voice assistant to do it, but I am, um scheduling it and then using the wemo app like kind of the same thing like when i'm when i'm in bed and i'm trying to like because my coffee machine or my espresso machine requires like a 20 minute warm-up period because i bought the the good one but the one that has many flaws and it's just like that like where i I want that to be accessible in an app and why is it so bad
1: yeah it's very bad
0: Anyway, you you make compelling smart points, but I still resent that. Like that's just <clears throat> that's optimizing for things you shouldn't have to optimize for, and you shouldn't have to buy home smart home switches that are inactive eleven months out of the year because the cost of the hardware is not worth the setup frustration. Even though I understand the point is it is worth it, but it's still it's not worth it.
1: Well, don't don't worry. Come this time next year, everything will be matter, and it'll just be perfect. So.
0: Are we are going, going to redesign the HomeKit app for or the home the Home app for the fourth time, and it's gonna be good now.
1: I think they they did that it's right. Time. Isn't sixteen point two? Doesn't it have all the HomeKit or uh, Matter underpinning stuff? I think I saw mm. some headline about that.
0: No, I'm too busy using uh, iTunes Match Sing or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs>
1: um, You're too too busy um, encrypting your iCloud backups.
0: Oh hey wait is that is that is that in the, the, the doc? It's, a, it's no, in the c- doc. Yeah. Where? Uh it's in the apple section. Okay, don't let me forget about that cuz I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm not like I'm not mad, but it, but the th- the thing that I'm going to get mad about is is it's just so arbitrary and dumb. Okay, we'll get to that. Oh, oh no, it's more me. Oh, these are all me. No. <laughs> you don't have any follow-up? Um so I took your advice or peer pressure or jealousy or whatever. You, uh, I bought the. You have the uh, the leather link band for your Apple Watch, right?
1: I uh, it's it's the rare Apple Watch band that I have two of. I have two different colors of it. I like it so much.
0: Which colors do you have?
1: I have um, midnight, which is like the blackish blue color, mm-hmm. and then I have uh, one of the one of the browns.
0: Oh, so you don't have green? Okay, no. Hmm. So I got so yeah I I you showed that to me. I think I tried it on once and it, it was it was nice. So I was like I kind of want something that's a little bit uh dressier than the sport band um I previously had there was another what was the pre there was another there was like a previous leather magnet one, but I don't remember what it was called. It was but like a
1: leather buckle or leather loop or something i, I know what you're. yeah
0: le- leather leather loop sounds right and it, yeah. it was fine but um and I, I think that one actually was a legitimate one um and i have that in blue in a dark blue and it's it's nice but it just it wants some, something newer um so i so i got it and because i was like hey, you know the the what the donna from parks and rec treat yourself so i so i did that and i, I like i like the way it looks it's great but I have one major issue with it. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna return it or anything, but I that maybe you can tell me if you feel this. Um because of the way the magnets fit, if like you shift your wrist in a certain way, or like you rest your wrist on a table or, or like on like at your side, the magnets kind of shift ever so slightly in a way where it kind of feels like you got a vibration or a a a, a tap. Am I crazy?
1: Hmm, I don't think you're crazy. I phantom vibrations are something I experience from time to time with the Apple Watch, regardless of what band I'm wearing. So, um, I I can't say I can attribute anything specifically to the leather link.
0: No, I think I know. Like, I think it's a hundred percent. Like, it is a hundred percent that. Like, it, it's verifiable. Like, where if if you just like kind of like adjust it a little bit, like it feels. Like a, like a little, like a tap, like as though you just got a simple note, like a non text message notification. Cause text messages do the, the kind of the double tap. And yeah, I don't, I don't like that, but this won't be my primary band, but, uh, but that, that bugs me. And the, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people who thinks that the haptic feedback on the Apple watch has actually like always been bad and still is bad. so um. Yeah, regardless of 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 the band, I I'm not a big fan of how the haptics on the Apple Watch feel. And like I said, I I definitely get that kind of phantom feedback thing from time to time.
0: Hmm. Yeah, like I, yeah, I don't have any like I've got the stainless steel, which people always complain or suggest has because of the materials weight has like the worst taptic feel. Yeah, I've never had any issues with it. I think my like, I think it's fine. Hmm. But. That does remind me to double down on a previous chef special feature suggestion that I brought up, probably like a year and a half ago. Having the thing where the watch will tap you, tap your wrist every fifteen minutes is a very nice feature. I love it. Huh? Yeah, it, it just makes you aware of the passage of time. <laughs> okay. Whatever, wait. What,
1: what, whatever floats your boat. Wait, but do you know? Do you know what I mean? I mean, constantly being reminded of the passage of time, I can't say is something that I necessarily want, but you do you.
0: Well, it's mostly to just know how, like, sometimes, like, if you, it's, just, it's nice to know how much time has elapsed if you're not watching the clock on something. I don't know. It's, it's tough to explain, but it's a very useful feature. I think people should go give it a, uh, give it a try for a little bit. Um, it'll do a double tap on the hour, and it'll do a single tap every 15 minutes
1: i like it it's it's a good it's a yeah it's it's good yeah i'm not gonna turn that on <clears throat> Th-
0: thanks for the recommendation though the worst um <laughs> i'm sorry yeah the, the the guy with with a with a, a like a clear storage tote full of smart home stuff he can't use out 11 months out of the year y- yeah yeah okay i'm not gonna... it's actually not even
1: a clear storage tote it's just a it's one of those big gallon ziploc bags that i put them all in and what's written on the bag nothing because you, you can just you just can see what they are and just see the rage seeping through okay it's a, it's a, a bag a bag of wemos.
0: Mm-hmm. man you're you're angling for a show this week <laughs> i don't like that um all right it's got to be organic get okay, you know fair. you don't go you you don't go into the pitch with two ideas or
1: I, I i did oh. i did try to force
0: that one a little bit i'm sorry uh accepted all right uh more follow this is actually kind of a main topic um but this, I I think we we'll probably cover this in three minutes. So a thing I totally forgot, I I ordered. Um, remember the? Can you describe what the Kindle Scribe is?
1: Oh, well, uh, before I do that, um, like was was it le- legitimately the case that you get an Amazon box and you're like, well, like what the heck is this? I don't remember ordering anything, and then you you open it and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. is that what happened? Yep, that's great. Uh so yep. the Kindle Kindle Scribe, um, is a big-ass kindle that has a stylus mm-hmm. so did i hit the main points there
0: pretty much <laughs> so it's it's a it's a i think it's 350 dollars, and if you want to pay it with an, it it's an, ex- an expensive big-ass kindle yeah i mean i actually don't think it is i think it's just we've gotten so used to and this goes back to the uh echo conversation from last week which is or two weeks ago which is that amazon just prices their stuff too inexpensively like i feel like if apple made this not they would make they wouldn't make this but like it would be way. More. I don't actually don't think the price is that um, bad if it were a good product. Um, and and with that said, I might keep it. So it, it, it complicated thoughts here. So it's a. Let me actually just open up the product page because I think so the so Kindle Oasis Kindle screwing. Um, <laughs> the the uh, subtitle of the Verge's review is uh. Right, what was that? Oh, it's it all right. W R I T E. That's pretty clever. Um, so the Kindle Oasis has a seven-inch display, and that's my preferred reading device. The uh, and that's diagonal. The Kindle Scribe is a larger Kindle that is very, 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 very similar in styling and and design to the Kindle Oasis, and it's uh, a ten-point-two-inch, um, screen size diagonally, and it has USB-C, which is pretty great. But the main reason somebody would buy this is that it the it's, it's an e-ink display that has support for pen input, and it allows you to mark up PDFs, annotate while you're reading, do little notes, and it can also just be like a free-form kind of like digital paper note-taking device. And I thought that was going to be kind of interesting or something that would be maybe worthwhile trying. And it's just, it's too, so first off, it's too big as a reading device. Like, it's just, it's very big. It's kind of heavy too, but it's not that the Kindle Oasis, like the Kindle Oasis is appropriately weighted and, and sized, but like, this is, this is just too big for in-bed reading. Um, but like the big knock it gets is just that like the actual like writing, like the latency that you feel like you'd experience on ink display is not bad at all. Um, I got whatever is called the so I didn't get I'm not basic, so I didn't get the basic pen. I got the premium pen. And that has you can flip it over and the top of it's an eraser um, without having to change tools on the Kindle itself, which is kind of neat. And like the the whole erasing thing, like the way that they're doing the refresh thing where it doesn't require flashing the entire screen to respond to the input that you're giving is actually pretty nice. And that's like that implementation is not my complaint at all. Like it, I think it works as well as it possibly could. It's just that it just sucks in every other way. You know what I mean? Or like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like it, it it's, so. it's just, it's just done so half-assedly in terms of like the technology is actually, it's, it's good. Like it, it you understand if you're buying this product, you know what ink is capable of and kind of like, it's not going to be an iPad. That's, that's literally the point of it. But the software is terrible. Like, it's it's the same software, for the most part, that the Kindle runs on, which is, like, nice that it's familiar in and of that way. But for this purpose, it's not good at all. Like, I just tried, like, hey, let me make, like, kind of just, like, a low-tech, like, like just, like, a not internet-connected to-do list for today. Like, it's fine. But there is no like what i feel like would be table stakes for this device there's no way to like ocr anything like you can't do like a handwritten thing and then have it give you like actual text that just doesn't exist and as far as i can tell the only way to get anything out of this device is to email yourself a pdf that's it like it doesn't it doesn't do anything useful like it that like documents just go there to die like i can't imagine anybody taking this into a meeting or something or like like just doing like handwritten notes if that was your thing and having a useful way to get something out of it cuz either these things are now imprisoned on this kindle device forever or you just have this weird uneditable pdf in your email that that's not that what you're going to go like retype all that by hand like i just yeah it's not good and and I, I don't, like, I mean, maybe, maybe if I was in college still, like, where the annotating and marking up PDFs was a thing I was doing regularly, like, that might be neat. I, yeah, this this thing, I I don't know what the purpose is, and the software is not very good, and, and yeah, it just, just kind of sucks. But, yeah, but I might keep it.
1: <laughs> so, it, because,
0: it, because, well, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: I'm so, sorry if I, if I if you got into this and i just missed it but i mean do do you like reading on it
0: no well like it, it's not bad but in the places like like uh, do you have the do we have the same camera bag i mean i have many camera bags do you have the peak design six liter
1: uh yeah i have i have the one that just barely fits an eleven-inch iPad Pro in that pocket. That kind of go- is behind where the camera goes.
0: So you probably have the you you have because like no the the ten liter would absolutely fit that. So I think that's the six liter where oh, if you don't okay. have a magic keyboard or anything else, it could fit a ten-inch I, iPad. I, I, it's I tight.
1: think I think I also maybe bought mine because they, haven't they changed the size on those? I think maybe I bought mine before. Because I thought, didn't they like make, make both sizes a little bit bigger at some point?
0: We're having, we're having. I don't know if there's a, a solar storm today or something, but we're having some weird internet connectivity issues. I can't tell if it's uh, your uh, fiber or mine um, or my lack thereof, but it's okay. Well, I th- I'm piecing it together. So, you are correct. I didn't hear most of what you said. Um, that they did uh, shift up th- when they did their everyday bags, like Gen Two, um, they used to have three, five, and ten liter bags. Now it's three, six, and ten liter bags. So you may have the, the. I think you probably have the six liter. But yeah, but the six liter is is like my favorite camera bag, and it fits like it fits like uh a, like a full frame camera body with one lens attached, a backup lens, and a Kindle Oasis perfectly. Yep. Like that's what I like. And again, like you said, like the iPad, it's a really it's it's a very tight fit. But it, you can force it. Like just I this would be too big. And like the same thing, like if I'm going out to like a coffee shop or a bar to read or something, like I don't want like a thing like that's like the size of a college textbook. Like that's just not great. Like, so it's not a bad reading device, but in terms of the places I take a Kindle where like the Kindle is like, it's thin and small and unassuming where I don't feel like a weirdo for taking that with me as opposed to a regular like hardcover book. But the Kindle scribe, I'd feel like a schmuck taking.
1: So, so why,
0: why are you keeping this? I'm still thinking about it because I, because I'm dumb and I like, I like the, like, do you, I assume you don't. Why am I asking? Do you ever write to-do lists, but not on a computer? Just by hand? Sometimes. No. Do you ever just sometimes not use OmniFocus or something and you literally just open up like a blank thing in notes? Sometimes. Here's the six things. Yeah. Okay, so you, so you, so you do sometimes... Make an extremely stripped-down to-do list where you're you're out of GTD or any or any like you're not using the whole, um yeah yeah, I I kind of like kind of like the idea of having a thing that doesn't that's just I don't know it's it is kind of nice to it, it is really nice to handwrite stuff, and I do kind of like the fact that in a pinch I could email that to myself. It seems like a lot of money for to keep it for that, seems,
1: but seems I don't know seems like you'd be. Like if that if that's what you were really into, which I don't think you are, but like let let's say you like that's what you were really into, you'd be better off spending a little bit more money and getting getting an iPad Mini.
0: But I don't want an iPad. I I own I have two i I have two iPads, and I and they're always out oh, of I battery because I don't I like them. I forgot about that. I have iPads. They, they're, they're bad. They're worse too, because iPads have the pretense of being able to do stuff, and they can't do things. What's a computer? Come, come, come at me, Jason Snell. <laughs> um, I think even he has given up the fact that iPads. Suck. I
1: think it sounds like is isn't even like Vitici kind of over the iPad now. Like he still covers it as like you know, kind like, of kind of a, kind I, of but, a you know a, a tech journalist, but like in terms of his personal use, hasn't even he gotten away from it?
0: I hope so, but just like there's these, like, it's just, it's, it's a consumption device. Yeah. Like, other than that ferrite app that Jason always talks about, which does seem cool. um, And there's, I there's, know, there's
1: it, not, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: But like, it's a great, it's, it's stop, a great consumption device. Yeah. Stop trying to make stuff happen on it. Like it, it like now that like, and I feel like it's just, it's that the, the Apple Silicon based computers have just proven that like. I guess maybe in the optimistic days of the iPad, it was because Intel Macs were kind of meh, but now that like the battery life is just general, like I use my MacBook Pro a lot. I charge it once every three days. Like it's, it's good. Like it, uh, I, I don't feel lacking in any way. Like, I mean, I God, I wish it had cellular built in and Apple will probably never do that, but like, yeah, I, I, these iPad people, man. Anyway, but that's the thing where like, no, I don't want an iPad mini because then I don't want an Apple Pencil. Like, I don't like it Apple like iPads gets become so much money when you when you add all the crap to make them useful. And even as we cover, they still aren't that useful. I don't know. We'll see. I have until the end of the month to think about it. Like, I want it to be good. Like if it did OCR, that would solve most of my complaints. Or at least I would find much more utility in it. But as of now, I get a completely uneditable, weird vector line drawing PDF thing that's like, what's the point of that? I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I, probably should, I probably shouldn't have ordered it, but whatever. <laughs> um, and every every review basically says, yeah, it sucks. Um, the, well, yeah, the diverges tagline here absolutely adequate. But for what? I I kind of disagree with that too. <laughs> uh, did they give it a six? Like the Verge's? Uh, they they uh, did. Yeah, they did. The Verge's like review things are always really like they're 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 dumb. Like because I cause I hate that they um review like they they review Apple stuff on a curve or they review everything that's not Apple stuff on a curve that I that just bugs me. But uh, what were their things? Uh, lackluster note taking. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, out of date document seeking There is none. <laughs> um, can can yeah. Uh, no, I don't think there's a delay in writing. Like I think I like for what E Ink can do, it's as latency free as it could possibly be. Like I, 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 I dig that. The okay. pen is nice though. It's very much like Apple pencil where it's got a magnet on the side and it, it adheres really nice and yeah, battery life. Yeah. Haven't had to charge it once in two weeks, but yeah, I want to like it. I don't.
1: This is maybe a dumb question in in sure. the in the good section of this Verge review. The marginalia is on point. I
0: I mm-hmm. don't I don't know what that word is. It's stuff that you like it's stuff that you write in the margins. It's like you pretend like you were like if you were in in like a non like econ field. Like if you're just like writing notes in the margins.
1: That's marginalia. Yeah. Got it okay, thank you yeah
0: it's it's a it's a fussy word
1: <laughs> yes definitely
0: yeah it's it's a ten dollar word <laughs> <laughs> too, um, too fancy for me mm-hmm. all right, so yeah, can' scribe meh stay tuned, and we'll see if we keep it all right, new business hmm what do you want to start with <sighs> I just talked for twenty minutes <laughs> um <laughs> eh. I mean, you want to talk about Disney Plus? I kind of I don't know if I want to talk about Disney
1: Plus specifically. I I kind of want to because like the three links that we have in here, which I guess we'll we'll get to all three of them. But it's starting to feel like with the streaming stuff, and I actually just noticed on the Verge too that their top story now what what's the um what's the headline here? The Golden Age of st- the streaming wars has ended, and I think that's actually sort of like the general topic that i think these three links that we have hit on as well where it feels like we're at a bit of a tipping point with streaming where the the big you know spend all the money land grab sort of phase is coming to an end maybe has already come to an end and we're now entering this period of consolidation and a period where I think live sports rights in particular are going to be kind of in a weird spot and where certain types of movies, like specifically kind of the the non kind of big blockbusters, but also the, you know, slightly more expensive than just some kind of, you know, low budget indie movie. Like I think that those, those types of films are going to be in a weird spot and then you know pricing for all of this in general, including just you know what people pay monthly, is going to be kind of in flux for a little while. Yeah, I, I just think that the the streaming stuff is entering a new era, and it and it
0: happened yeah. fast. Yeah, and so that that's that's true because there, there's a whole and this was the whole and not not to blame Jay Powell, but like this this goes with the whole money was cheap and it was a land grab and it's kind of like it it was weird because the media got business got kind of techified in the sense that like the tech playbook up until like 3 months ago apparently was hey spend all the money you need to don't worry about actual like the making money part of stuff let's just get as many users as we can and once we have a certain amount of like dominance in the marketplace that's when like the money the money printing starts, and that was the whole thing where Netflix like there was that um there's a really good Recode Media like they're all very good but I forget who the guest was but they were they were talking about this and it's just kind of you had the whole thing where people like like Netflix was transition transitioning to its online thing and they kind of had the whole people started like content creators that they were licensing content from got wise to the fact that, oh, well, if, if Netflix is making its own stuff and this is the way that the wind is blowing and the cable subscribers are actually leaving a cable cutting, uh, cutting the cord is not um something that's going away, well, maybe we shouldn't be licensing our best stuff to what is ostensibly going to be a competitor. And then Netflix started making a lot of, a lot of stuff and then they some of it was more successful than others and people can continue to complain about whether the stuff Netflix makes is good. I feel like one of the pastimes of like media critics is that everybody likes to like just malign. is like just un- un- unfairly talk about the quality of Netflix's content. But like other than the fact that like my key complaint is that Netflix makes so much stuff that, they never give it time to attract. I'm not even saying like, though, they cancel it after one season. I'm talking about this stuff. Like you just never know what Netflix makes. Like it's, it's, it's on that like main carousel for two days and then it's gone. Like that's my knock against it. But like, yeah, you had this whole thing where Netflix started making more stuff and then everybody else was like, okay, well we can't license our content to them. And actually we all need to be Netflix as fast as we possibly can. And that was the whole thing where that that was Bob Iger's strategy. Like he's like let's 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 take all of our content off these other services. That's going to be the catalog and the linchpin of launching this new service until we can start making our own content. And then he told uh, Bob Chapek like, "Hey, execute this plan and grow Disney Plus as quickly as you possibly can." And that's what he did. And I've like I feel like I've been consistent on the message that. Disney plus was always priced in kind of like an Uberish way where like it, it was priced below what it actually costs. Like it, 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 it should never have been six 99, like in a world where Apple TV plus is probably too cheap for what it is. And that's $5. Like that makes absolutely no sense. And, but he, they did what they needed to do. But now everybody spent so much money on these flashy endeavors and very, very Like I'm sure the, the Mandalorian in, in like, I mean, like the, the, what, what was the, the Amazon one that was supposed to be the ex- most expensive per episode show, like in history.
1: Oh, that, that Lord of the Rings show.
0: Yeah. Like everybody was like, they're like, they're, they're bragging about how like one episode of this Amazon original costs as much as this whole Netflix movie. Like just like whatever. But yeah, that, but that was like a point of pride where people were like, oh, we're spending all this money and all this content to make people more, um, like wrapped into their Amazon prime subscription. But yeah, like now everybody's like, "Oh, we need to make money," and that, and the, like, and I, yeah, that that's probably the correct sentiment, which is that that gold rush or that land rush period is over. And here's the, here's the one thing, like, I really, actually, I'll I'll, I'll give you a chance if you, if you have any input on any of that.
1: No, no, I, th- I think you you hit the nail on the head.
0: But I, you're much more sympathetic, or not a fan of, but like you, you much more like discovery plus and find more value in HBO max than I do. Fair.
1: Very fair. Yeah.
0: Um, and I, I dislike David Zaslav, but he, I feel like, and I, I don't think this is talking about like talking out a turn. Like he, 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 he's kind of a villain, right? Definitely. Yeah. And I will give him some credit in that. I wish he was a more diplomatic speaker, but he is being he is being the disciplined financial person in the room. Mm. So he kind of does deserve some credit for that. He just needs people to do like the whole thing. Like Bob Iger is also a very like what's the maniacal is not the word, um, cunning, savvy is not the word. Yeah, kind of, but like, just like, like, yeah, like, 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 between savvy and cunning, like business person, like you do have to make the right decisions from a monetary perspective. But I guess like either just him personally from his personality, or he has enough people around him like providing those guardrails to say the right things while doing the same like business and financial maneuvering that you need to. And the issue is just that David Zaslov keeps saying the truth or the, the stuff that he actually he's, thinks, which he, is that he says this, he says the quiet part out loud. The yeah. Yeah. And like, that's the thing where he is right. But like, I, like, I, I find no value in most of the food network discovery stuff. Like, so does discovery plus is useless to me, but he, he's, he's going to alienate all of the artistic types of so the people. Like, I mean, maybe he just doesn't maybe like, Maybe if he was saying the quiet part, like super, like if he was just screaming it, maybe he would just say that yeah, fuck HBO, and we're we're over this. We just want to make cheap crap, or sorry, cheap cheap okay stuff, because that's pro- like that's more profitable. And I feel like that's kind of what he wants, right? Right. Like I I I think he feels nothing for HBO. Like the fact that Succession is an amazing, is a fantastic television show and wins all the Emmys and stuff. Like I don't actually think he cares. I think he's like if we could stamp Guy Fieri and Bobby Flay and get Chip Gaines to do some, to go uh, like, I can't even think of a type of property, but anyway, if they could do something with all those three of those guys and make a show for one tenth the cost of the red dragon, like he would do it in a heartbeat because he thinks that like that, that is the better financial move. But like, what, what have you lost in terms of HBO being a very, very important cultural institution? It's something that like it, it could have still been good. Like there is room for like, and and that's the other part. And I know it's a scattered, but like the whole thing of like Apple TV Plus's alleged strategy of like, Hey, we're going to be the new HBO because I do feel there is a place for a highly produced, well curated 10 to $15 a month service like that, which I'm just describing what HBO used to be Like,
1: well, App, I mean, Apple's uniquely positioned to sort of take over that role in the sense that it, it, it is really true that they don't necessarily care about how much revenue Apple TV Plus is generating or whether it's profitable or not. Like, it, it's part of this bigger ecosystem, so they can sort of afford to be more focused on the kind of non-monetary stuff with that service.
0: Yeah, like, it's it's an ecosystem platform, and that's, like, it's one more part of Apple One. Is that what it's called? Maybe. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they just like, just Apple doesn't care. But, and that, I think to an extent, Amazon doesn't either. Like, Amazon's now, like, they are, because the stock has slid, like, 50% in the past year. They kind of are in a cost-cutting mode, but I don't think it's affecting the studio that much yet. But yeah, but but is it just called Warner Brothers now?
1: It's it's called Warner Bros. Period Discovery.
0: And the service soon will just be called Max. That's the, like the, a the dog. That's
1: <laughs> Yeah, the the rumors they're going to turn HBO Max and Discovery Plus into a single app called Max.
0: It's like the thing when Radio Shack wanted to reinvent themselves and they just called it The Shack. The, right. That is mm-hmm. that that is basically the same as yeah, but it's called that's The a, Max.
1: That's a nice, nice, nice poll there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, I think this is all true. And then the the other thing here is, and, and I really, uh, the only reason I put this in here is, is I, I hate, so, oh, and here's the other thing is that, um, what's her name? But, the, yeah, there was an episode of Recode Media recently where somebody was talking about, like, the history of media acquisitions and kind of what the media landscape looks like right now. And they were making the point, and I kind of, and I, I do think I agree with her, which is that was the twenty first, uh, the twentieth century Fox deal good for Disney?
1: Did I, they really I, get
0: anything? I don't have enough information to answer
1: that question. I don't know.
0: Like, I don't think it is. And this is the part where have you been listening to episodes of the Daily recently?
1: Of of what recently? The Daily. Yes.
0: Like they keep the ads I'm getting are for this show that's on FX slash Hulu
1: oh yeah Mm -hmm. and the
0: way but here's the thing that keeps bugging me about it is that they keep talking like i i know nothing about the show and i'm i I mean i don't have time to watch anything new on tv um but they keep saying the fx original and they whatever the name of the show is only on hulu so then what are you getting from the fx brand it's it's strictly a hulu show like i i i don't get that part like i couldn't disney have just done this on their own if there's like hey we just want to poach talent and create something that is slightly more adult-oriented. Like, I did, like I get buying... Well, did they already own... Because, like, 20th Century did not own Hulu, right? That was a Comcast and somebody else thing, right? Well, and, and, and I don't that, get how and FX and Hulu still, are getting merged.
1: That's still the case. Like, Hulu is still partially owned by Cable
0: Town. But then how did FX's stuff end up on Hulu?
1: Uh, well, I, I think Twentieth Century Fox was also a stakeholder in Hulu prior to Disney buying them. I think that's the case. got it. I think yeah, it was. Man. I think it was. You know, NBC Universal, Comcast, Twentieth Century Fox, and Disney. I think all owned. Oh, because yeah, ABC of, stuff was on there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yep. And, and then, that is the other
0: weird part is that ABC stuff is still not on Disney Plus.
1: Well, yeah, not, not yet, or at least not here in the U S because internationally, like the Hulu stuff is just a channel within the Disney plus app. Yeah, Yeah. it's Yeah, exactly. Well, I think, I think that's, I think that's India. I think in the rest of the, I think like in Europe, it's just star maybe. I, I don't know. The point being though, that the Hulu stuff is just a tile within Disney plus basically everywhere except here in the U S.
0: Got it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like that, that's the whole thing. And like, and now, but the problem with this whole cost cutting or the, the whole like, Oh, stuff needs to make money now is that like, I don't know who these ad tiers appeal to like, because like, so Disney plus now costs $11 a month or $12 a month. If you just want Disney plus maybe with ads, I have no idea. So eh, Disney plus, Um what? View all plan options. Yeah, okay. So if you want Disney Plus with no ads, which is called premium, it's eleven dollars a month. But if you want it without ads, it's eight dollars a month. Like, who goes to this page and makes like is like is like, yeah, my my attention and having to watch like Toyota ads nonstop is worth three dollars. Like I just I don't who is that moving the needle for? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Netflix. Like again, like their whole thing was no ads. Like just now, Netflix is like three or four dollars cheaper. Like just that, I I don't like. I guess if you subscribe to like six services and you're willing to just endure terrible advertising, like that saves you fifteen or twenty dollars. Like, I yeah, I I don't. It seems like it diminishes the value of these services, and just it's not ch- like if if Disney Plus somehow became free with ads, like great, yeah, let's do it. But it's not cheap enough. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't, <sighs> I don't disagree.
0: Anyway, but yeah, uh, very, very muted, slight apologies to David Zaslav. Like you still, you still suck, but you, <laughs> like he's, he's the worst. But like, but he is he is making compelling points about the state of the business, but like, I don't know who, 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 who said you get to come in and take a take away Everybody's fun and all, and all the quality. <laughs> all right. And then, um, the thing about the highbrow thing that you pointed in here, I do actually kind of, that bumps me like, just cause I'm, I'm old and I do like, did you ever watch the movie, the post?
1: Yes. With, with, uh, Tom Hanks and man Real sheep yeah yeah I, I did see that
0: yeah yeah great movie
1: didn't but didn't again that, but it's but, it, like but it's win the oscar for best picture or like i think yeah. it was nominated right
0: uh i don't know i mean i'm sure it was nominated because um like that was ultimate oscar bait but um eh, why, why doesn't wikipedia just tell you what it won <laughs> uh accolades um academy awards it was nominated for Best Picture and Best Actress, but it did not win. Got it. But, like, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a movie for people, like, yeah, old people. Like, it's, like, for people, like, in, like in their 50s and up and me. And, like, like, and apparently you too. But, like, it just, like, like people who like, who like boring stuff. Like, I have never watched a Marvel movie. I have never watched an Iron Man. I've never watched an Ant-Man. I've never watched a Bumblebee. I've never watched a, I think what? I've watched half of a Hunger Games movie.
1: What, what about an Avatar
0: fuck <laughs> fudge no is the new one hey you I know what the
1: re- that's what it's, it, you know that's what disney got with the 21st century fox acquisition is they got i swear uh, they got avatar
0: <laughs> who cares i are the reviews good because all i saw was the chronicle had a push alert that said it was like it was an hour worth of movie in three hours the the re- uh, what did the what did the tomatoes say the
1: uh, the t- yeah. i think it was 86 when i looked at it earlier today um the the, mm, me the, too. Yeah. the the reviews are very very similar to what the original avatar was which was it's a very kind of by the book kind of generic story that probably could be told in about 90 minutes that is packaged in i think god the sequel is like i think it's 3 hours, three hours and yeah. 10
0: minutes but uh, what's what's the point like do you, uh, have you seen, have you seen the original avatar i
1: have yeah and you know what
0: did you enjoy it
1: so, you know, a hot, hot take here, like, because, you know, up until somewhat recently, it was like, you know, the number one grossing movie of all time. It's it's fine. It's not, it's not bad. It's not really remarkable, like outside. I mean, obviously, like some of like the visual stuff is is pretty, pretty interesting and
0: unique. But like, let me, let me ask it this way. Would you, if you could watch, would you just prefer to have just been at home watching Moneyball again? Or The Post again?
1: Probably. No. Like, I'm also, here, I'll I'll say this with, like, Avatar. I'm not going to go out and see the sequel in theaters. And and wouldn't, even putting aside, like, COVID stuff in my particular circumstance and all that, like, I, I don't know if I'd go out and, like, rush to see this movie in theater. But, like, when it comes out in, you know, on iTunes or whatever, like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it it'll look nice on an OLED and you know all that good stuff
0: but but what's the color temperature? I will right, we'll get we'll get back to that. So yeah, anyway, that's the thing like yeah, I I I like I like those boring movies. So yeah, that that that's the thing where like because I have n- no interest in any of the superhero nonsense. Like that's what is getting made these days. Like and in terms of like TV too, that's always the calculation which is that sure maybe it's not going to be super well watched in the united states so we'll spend a little bit more money on this thing because we think it has market value overseas but like yeah i like those those highbrow movies are yeah the audience the audience is shrinking cuz like just media is just being commoditized into just mass market trash i are have can you name one superhero movie that's good that's been made in the past 10 years that you say objectively, this is a great movie. That's just not all explosions and loud noises. The Dark Knight. And I said that's why I said ten years because I think that one was like twenty twelve. Jesus, or 2012. don't tell me that's, that. I don't. Think, I think oh, I think
1: actually I think it's earlier than that. I think it's like two thousand eight. Now that I think about it, which is very very upsetting.
0: <laughs> yeah. So wait. So The Dark Knight. I think I think Batman
1: Begins um, was oh six, and I think The Dark two, Knight was two thousand eight. Two thousand
0: eight. Yeah. Two thousand eight. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> Um, um. Yeah. So, but no. But that's that's my point. Like, it's just are. Would you say any like these? Yeah, superhero movies. Are any of them actually good?
1: No. Uh, well, I, I I haven't seen. Have never seen one? <laughs> most um in recent years. So. I don't know. I you, I, I don't. I, I can't say I have like a strong opinion against them.
0: But like, just it's just like it's just color and noises. It's it's just not. Who is like, if you've seen one CGI like city being destroyed by, t- like, like you couldn't you just interchange all of the characters like it doesn't matter it's just it's just yeah it's just noise and explosions, it's the Michael Bayification of America. <laughs> all right, anyway, e- EV news. This is this. Okay, no, this I, is part I, to so I you.
1: I'd say actually let's we'll we'll, we'll we'll skip over that stuff. Um one last bit of of streaming stuff i kind of wanted to get into was, was the sports rights stuff oh yeah yeah um th- it's going to be really interesting to watch over the next few years like the nba rights are coming up um next year or the year after i think and then there's all this like sunday ticket stuff that's out there with the nfl um i i think sports rights are going to be in, in in a weird place like it feels like we're we're actually getting to This place, which I think we've even talked about on this show, like years ago, where there was going to be this point where you know the the kind of traditional RSN model started to kind of fall apart just as a result of you know there being fewer and fewer cable subscribers, so you know it wasn't going to make sense anymore for the traditional cable providers to pay these astronomical live sports rights fees because they they just wouldn't have the subscriber base to support that. And then at the same time, you know, the over over the top services also weren't going to have the subscriber numbers to support the the you know the types of prices that had been paid historically for live sports rights. So then that was going to put you know the overall price tag like in this really kind of weird spot where there 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 just wouldn't really be a home for that anymore and you know kind of what i've been assuming for a while is like well we'll probably have one more round of you know the the major sports here in the u.s coming up for renewal where you'll have these new streaming providers you know paying you know way over the top for these sports rights as a way of you know growing their streaming services and then it would be kind of the round after that sometime you know near the end of the decade where you know the, the all the leagues would have the, kind of the problem that I was just describing but i don't know because of all the issues that we just talked about with streaming in general and and there being this kind of general belt tightening slash you know shift of focus towards you know actually making money that does make me think like what, what is going to happen with live sports rights like, I, where, where where are those so, gonna go
0: well so my theory is that so baseball is a dying sport so that deservedly will will stop being a big money generator but as we've seen and we've talked about i think we've talked about in the past couple of episodes is that like these recent football games are having the like highest viewership numbers uh, Like in ever like even though like I, I think football is a very problematic sport and I don't like football like American football at all. It commands a lot of money and eyeballs and will be fine. You have illuminated a little bit like I didn't I mean, I, I think I kind of understood it. But like the fact that Sunday ticket is actually not a useful like the whole thing like we're spent there's so much ink being spilled and so much discussion about like, where where does Sunday Ticket go? Like, but who that actually moves the needle for other than, like, sports part? Like, who, I I just, like, within the, like, because Red, uh, Sunday Ticket was invented before Red Zone existed. So just, like, why is it actually that important? But overall, like, football licensing deals are probably going to be very, very healthy for a very long time. You're much more tuned in to basketball, but I feel like in terms of, the RSN model basketball is more alive or kind of like in the mix. Like, cause like that is still a reason somebody would want to not drop cable. Like, I feel like if people were like, I only want cable for the giants. I feel like that's a, a shr- a rapidly shrinking pool of people. But when you think about like, Hey, the giants and the warriors together, or just the warriors like that has more of an audience so I think, like, yeah, I, th- I think football is fine. They still have that draw and that that and command that. Uh, the uh, again, it, like the 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 streaming Scrooge, like David, like he his whole thing and when uh, like uh, at the CNBC conference and dropped the whole thing of like, hey, we don't need the NBA, which is quite a thing to say. I mean, maybe he means it. I mean that's that's the part that is interesting, but I still think the NBA is probably fine. But I do think. MLB is uh, a depreciating asset and, and just not something that people are really going to spend that much money on.
1: Yeah. I, um, I agree with you on MLB and I agree with you on the NFL. Like, I, th- I think I made some comment to you offline online recently where I said something like, it feels like when there's sort of this euphemistic phrase of, you know, how valuable live sports rights are, what we're actually really talking about, at least here in the U S is the NFL and all <clears throat> kind of all the other sports are sort of at a completely different level than the NFL. And I, I, the viewership numbers, especially recently, I think proved that out. I think where maybe I'm a little more pessimistic than you is the NBA, where if you look at some of the viewership numbers there, including, you know, this year's playoffs, they're they're still they're not very good. Like they're they haven't you know come anywhere close to getting back to even like 2019 levels. So I, you know I and you know the, this article which we'll put in the notes talking about the um, is it ballet Sports. Um, you know there's there's kind of an NBA focus in that in that article as well. Like I'm I don't know if I was the NBA I'd I'd be a little a little worried like i i i could see the nba getting kind of bailed out by maybe having a, you know a, a streaming <laughs> provider or two way overpay when the rights come up here in the next couple of years but then you know 5 6 years after that however long the next rights deal is i'd be a little worried that everybody doesn't start to maybe have the Zaslaw view where it's like do we really need sports like is that really moving the needle for us i i don't know i'd be a little i'd be a little worried about that that's not it's not to, it's not like you know next week's problem but if i was if you know if i was thinking longer term with the nba i'd, I'd be a little a little worried
0: and this is what we get for allowing Paul Gasol to retire. <laughs> well, again, this this trend totally tracks with his career.
1: I mean, I I feel like <clears throat> again, like not to pat ourselves on the back, but like I mean, we, we were so early on this, like calling out the fact that the shift to yeah. over the top services, like when you looked at the economics of it, it was like this this doesn't this doesn't work. This doesn't this doesn't support like the the whole the whole model historically has been propped up on this idea that you pay for a bunch of stuff you don't actually watch. And so if we tried to move to a model where consumers could more precisely pick and choose what they were paying for, like that just, it wasn't going to work economically. And I it, I do feel like we're starting to see that
0: being proved out. Yeah, everybody go back to episode 293 where we called that FTX was a uh, scam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh QuickBooks. i'm still i'm still um, not entirely sure that if you asked me to summarize what ftx was in you know five or six sentences i don't i don't
0: think i could actually do that i think you know what a cryptocurrency exchange was do like, I, like, like it's, it's 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 dumb and the cryptocurrency is, is bullshit but <laughs> um anyway um yeah so, i mean i it, I, I think it? you're was it like a stock exchange for cryptocurrency? Is that the way to think? No, about it's a it's a whole th- it's it's a thing where like you can like you you in, you input U.S. dollars and then they steal the money from you and then you you get Dogecoin out of it. Mm. Like the whole point was that you could you could you give you give U.S. money and then you buy Bitcoin at whatever rate and you can also do leverage trading to say I think Bitcoin's going to go down and it's a thing and then the whole point is that you're they're supposed to have kept the money for you and then they decided not to do that and. Uh, his parents have somehow still gotten off scot-free, and I can't wait for that to change. Anyway, um, yeah, and I, and I anyway, we'll we'll let that go. But the but the NBA thing, I think you're kind of I don't know. It, there's too much energy and exc- like the the country can't function on football alone, and I'm sorry, the United States is never going to care about soccer, except for three out of four weeks every four years. Like, <laughs> I mean, was
1: say, except that every four I was like, years it was a, yeah.
0: yeah like i mean and again like in like the women's team is way more exciting than the men's team in the united states but still like we're never gonna be a soccer country i'm sorry that's that's too progressive of us i, I we're, we're not we're not doing that but like basketball is more interesting like baseball like i love it the buster pose like I'm, I'm not over baseball but yeah, baseball's not like not exciting, and the whole thing of like how just because this has been a big—I don't—I don't know if actually there's a term for like the season we're in right now, but like this is like a big trade time for Major League Baseball, and like all this money's being spent on stuff that's not going to move the needle, and you're not getting that FTX umpire badge money anymore. So I don't know what um what's his name Bob Manfield Manfred? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what's going on. But yeah, it feels like basketball has more opportunity. But you, you are like it is a weird time. But I don't like even if uh, Disney, Disney Bros, Warner Brother, Discovery, like if that stops, like if they don't want, like somebody's gonna swoop in. It's not that it's, like that the NBA is gonna get uncovered, and I don't think somebody's gonna pick it up on the cheap just because David doesn't want it. Yeah
1: yeah i' I, think I, getting... I don't I don't think that's gonna happen this time around but again like i just thinking longer term I'd be
0: well like your your point about the what the next decade looks like is absolutely dead on which is that like it like twenty thirty is gonna be a very different time for sports in america, america. Yep. and in the entire media landscape like i mean if you think that I, I don't know what the recent figure is, uh, figures are, but I think like there's probably like 90 million active households that have a cable or satellite subscription. That probably by the end of the decade is 35. Right. Like who? Yeah. So I think that's going to be a much more interesting time. But you, I, I think the pullback in media and streaming spending right now like, I don't think those things will coincide to somehow spell doom for the NBA at this point.
1: I don't yeah, I don't know if doom is the word I would use either, but
0: definitely not th- not as bullish th- as it was.
1: Yeah. Like this idea that the you know media rights in the NBA are just gonna continue to skyrocket like they have over the past twenty years, I I don't think that's gonna be the case. I think I think that stuff's gonna kinda level out. Um, which is, you know, which is, which is a big deal for the sport because like with the NBA, you know, the, the salary cap, which is one of the primary economic controls that the league (laughs) operates under is, is a direct function of league revenue. And by far and away, the number one source of league revenue are these, these media rights. So if those start to level off, that's going to have a, you know, a huge impact on the way the sport
0: works. I do. I forget where I heard this, but somebody had a good point, which is that um, it's funny that the salary cap in sports is the most direct example of socialism in America. It's very funny. I don't know, like the yeah that you 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 force a way for teams not to just spend all the money.
1: Well, it's it, yeah. it's, it's complicated though because like in in some of the leagues, like the NFL, the, it, it's a hard cap that you like literally can't go over. But then in the NBA. You just a, pay a penalty. It's, it's a soft cap. Well, you, you can go over it but only under certain circumstances or with certain types of contracts. And then there's Major League Baseball where it it's truly a soft cap and you can just <laughs> blow right on past it if you're willing to, you know, pay a luxury tax. Um and then I think the NHL is kind of more like the NFL where it, it actually is like a true hard cap. So Kind of the 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 degree of socialism varies from sport to sport.
0: Okay, so the <clears throat> the NBA is Canada, exactly. Yeah, and then Drake's on the sidelines. Okay, so <laughs> what else do we have? um So you said we're pushing EV stuff till next week.
1: Yeah, that that stuff's not really yeah high priority. So all right, cool. so getting all right. stuff.
0: Um. Yes so what do you do you, you take 16.2 cuz i don't haven't paid attention to any of that cuz I, I only know of it related to the the advanced data protection stuff
1: i have one feature that i'm excited about which is on the always on display on the iphone 14 you can now set it to not show your wallpaper so you can have it just be a you know black screen with you know the just the clock by default or if you have some additional Widgets you can have those show too, along with your notifications and i think I think that's a huge improvement for the always on display because the the part of it that I found distracting was the fact that I could still see my wallpaper like it still made it look like my phone was basically just on um
0: mm-hmm. so very low
1: brightness, yeah, and like the way I know like Apple made a big deal of this when they first announced the feature how they did all this work to like you know make your wallpaper still look really nice even though the screen was super dim i i kind of disagreed with that i didn't think it looked great so it it was distracting and it didn't really look that nice but now with 16.2 in fact i i have my iphone right here running this way i think just the you know solid black display which of course is like a true black with the oled display and then just having the time and whatever you know unread notifications you have show up, I think is is a, a way better always on display experience. I still can't say I'm did like you, a big always on display fan, but I think this is a a good step forward.
0: Did you keep it on the entire time, even though it kind of annoyed you?
1: I have, yeah, because I di- I didn't have super strong feelings against it, and I feel like now this is this is making me. Like it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I turned it off immediately, and I have no intentions of turning it back on. Like that—that's the thing where this is this this was silly because Apple was trying. Like Apple frequently does this, and sometimes they do it really, really, really well, and sometimes they fall flat on their face. And because they were like, oh, like because Android phones have had this. Like, God, I think the Galaxy S7 in like 2015 was the first one that had an always-on display. Um, from like from this perspective, and like. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, we're doing all this extra stuff that is makes this a much more worthwhile feature than Android. And it's actually this was the one thing of like, no, you're 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 literally trying too hard. Like just dis let but it be what it is. And I still like I feel like if you have an Apple Watch, I still think the Apple the the always on display. Just I don't I don't see what anybody is possibly getting from it. Like do, like everybody has enough clocks in their house. Like I I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't see what the usefulness is of it. But in this current, like, like in this revised, like more neutered state, like it makes more sense. But I still think it's kind of unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but other 16.2 things, Um. you get a lot of security fixes. This is kind of, this is not our purview, but uh, there are a lot of zero days and uh, security issues that um have cropped up on iOS recently, and have been actively exploited. So those have gotten patched. And other than advanced data protection, what else is there?
1: I mean, the always-on display stuff is is the only thing I'm kind of excited about.
0: Uh, there's a something called, if you're an Apple Music subscriber, called Apple Music Sing, which kind of feel like it's mainly a feature for the Apple TV, but... um is it a thing where they have like instrumental tracks that allow you to like turn down the vocal channel, or is it just lyrics I, I with thought it was some just pr- other stuff? Progressive lyrics, yeah. But that's already existed. That's been around for like three years because Spotify has had that, and then Apple Music added that too. It does a thing. Um, does it maybe like?
1: dynamically so, cor- tune down the volume of the vocals or something
0: according to mac rumors it says designed as a karaoke feature for Apple music subscribers Apple music uh sing provides real-time lyrics for the iphone ipad and blah 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 includes adjustable vocals for changing the volume of the original singer real-time lyrics that move to the rhythm of the vocals background vocal options and a duet. a duet view got it well i, I think May- the other
1: the other part of it too is that You're right that the kind of scrolling um, lyrics has always existed, but I think the idea of having like music playing on your Apple TV, but then having the lyrics simultaneously shown on your iPhone, I think that that's new to this too. Like before you would have just had to look at the lyrics on your TV screen, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's neat. Like I can see this definitely being a thing at parties and it's kind of, it's fun, but just meh, I don't know. Um, what? There was one other thing related to this, but oh yeah, I can't tell if the way the Apple's pitching this is saying because they always say like when the press release came out, it said the new Apple TV, but I can't tell if they're literally saying it only works with the one that was just released.
1: Oh, I don't. Or if that's just I don't Apple think so. stuff. I don't think so because like even like the new. The new Siri stuff on TVOS—they also described as being on the new Apple TV, but like is totally on you know my Apple TV too. So, yeah,
0: um, think- and you were right about the that sixteen point two comes with a new Home app. I'm not sure if the app design has changed, no, but that- it, but it's somehow it it now if. It prefers matter for almost everything i guess
1: well it, it it supports matter now i think is is the thing so like the the u i got updated as part of sixteen dot but now sixteen dot two actually has all the kind of plumbing necessary to support matter so now you could add a device to the home app through the Matter protocol and not just through the HomeKit protocol. And then I think also as part of all of these software updates, if you have you know, a new um, Apple TV that's got one of those fancy thread radios, or if you've got a HomePod mini, which also has a thread radio, the, these updates are also is what enabling those devices to become a Matter controller, which then the Home app on your phone can interface with.
0: Got it. <clears throat> Got it. Um, and then the only other things are, yeah, the rest of this seems. Oh, the some app now does something with live activities. Great. Uh, this is this is month three of the dynamic island being the worst. Well, so uh, so I hate actually, it. I hate it. I hate so, it.
1: So evidently, yeah, actually, that that is a good point. So in sixteen point two the tv app <laughs> of all places apparently supports live sports scores um in the dyna- on the dynamic on the dynamic island and on the lock screen um which I, <laughs> is kind of an indictment against um the dynamic island and live activities in general where if the primary app supporting live sports scores which is which is kind of like the main type of thing you'd want to use for it um, is in the t v app that's um that's not great in terms of um your adoption rate of that feature,
0: yeah, but again I, irrespective of any software update that never bad. It's still it's so much worse. I I I, other than the the camera update and the improved sensor, the the two X lens simulation is growing on me. This was a bad upgrade. The island's bad. Um, and then there's some uh there's a controversial change to AirDrop that we do not need to talk about. All right, advanced data protection that was kind of a surprise last week. So, uh, Craig did his um press tour where they pick one media outlet to kind of give new stuff to. So this go around that was Joanna Stern with the Wall Street Journal. And yeah, basically the two big takeaways here is that one, Apple, and this is probably the lesser of the two, but the Apple has abandoned the plans. So there were two th- two controversies the middle last year maybe where Apple was going to now was was going to deputize your phone in using machine learning to try to scan for stuff that it thought was child pornography and was going to y- use that for stuff to, to possibly have. It, it, it was complicated. Um, but they have decided to, and that was something that was going to happen if your phone was set to upload things to iCloud photo library. So it was, it was moving that type of search for problematic and possibly illegal content onto the device before it made it to the cloud, as opposed to scanning it into the cloud. And that was rightfully so very, very, very like pushed back upon in the security community. Um, and, uh, as part of what we'll talk about next, uh, Craig has said that they have abandoned the on-device CSAM detection stuff. So with that, uh, there's a new feature called advanced data protection, which is going to allow end-to-end encryption of, um, do they, they had a little chart and a list, um, yeah, so your entire iCloud device backup, your messages backup, iCloud Drive, notes, photos, reminders, Safari bookmarks, series shortcuts, voice memos, and wallet passes will now all be end-to-end encrypted as well as encrypted while they reside on Apple's servers. Which is a feature I honestly didn't think was actually ever going to happen, which is which is neat. And the whole point of this is that you will have a separate encryption key i well and and the the thing is i can't speak confidently to this because i'm not allowed to use it we'll get we'll get back to that but the way i understand it as working is that you create a separate key beyond your apple id password and standard two-factor setup to decrypt those things when you uh restore or log in with a new device but that means that that data resides in an encrypted form on Apple servers to which they do not have the entirety of the decryption key. So therefore, even if Apple was somehow compelled by some government authority to give up your information, they would not be able to decrypt it, which is interesting. I I
1: think a real-time correction, I think you can still set up a new device with your regular Apple ID password and your regular two-factor login. The difference now, though, is that if you're, you know, if you're somebody who you know lost all your Apple devices and you forgot your password, there was a way to work with Apple to. Well, get
0: yeah, you, there, was a, there were account recovery options, almost you, definitely.
1: Yeah, so but so now with with advanced data yeah. production, that's where, you know, having like a, a printout of a of a backup code or having one of your backup contacts be able to access your data, that that's where that becomes um, necessary. Like, Apple can't yeah. bail you out in that situation anymore.
0: Well, and specifically because, the, again, the data was uh, able to be decrypted by Apple. Again, if, C- correct. if yeah. for some reason there was some inquiry or, or you were swept up into something where that was right. uh, retrievable by government officials. So that's neat. Um, I think that's great for the most part. Um, how long that sticks? Because again, this we don't need to talk about this, but like, there's always this push pull and the like doomsday scenario that law enforcement and people uh, sympathetic to those aims will say that oh, encryption just it only helps the bad guys, and if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to hide, and that's of course a bullshit argument. So I'm, I'm this is this is a great feature, and that's that's for I, I'm curious as to how. This will ultimately get um, regulated because I, I do think depending on how things go politically, like that, that it in, within the next ten years, <laughs> in, in parallel to NBA rights, um, this this could don't know, be made illegal. I, I like I I don't know. Like I I do think that is something that's on the table. But uh, but the thing is, so I I I was excited about this. So I thought, hey, well, let me try this. And then what? Let me. Do you have the screenshot? Let me go look it up. Um, uh, I sent you a picture. So I tried turning it uh, turning it on on my iPhone 14 Pro, which I have had active for like two full months now. And the message you get when you try to turn it on, it says, advanced data protection not available. Because you recently added this device, you can't turn on advanced data protection until February 3rd, 2023. The wait time helps protect your account and data. So did you try to turn it on? Did you get the same message?
1: I have not tried to turn it on. No.
0: Okay. I, because I, like I so I searched and I didn't see a ton of other people complaining about this, but maybe just not many people have tried it. Um, but yeah, having a, like you have like a five month waiting period from when you activate a phone to like, that's, that's odd. Hmm. Mm.
1: Yeah. That, that is weird. I, 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 I don't know what the use case that's protecting against is.
0: Yeah. Like my account, might like, like so, I get, yeah. s-
1: somebody. I don't know, somebody getting access to your Apple ID somehow and then logging into your apple id through a new device and then immediately trying to turn this feature on to then lock
0: out the original owner i i
1: guess is what this is trying to protect against. but you could
0: have but you could have done that anyway like because you can log in if you log in on a new device and then you change your password there's a prompt that says do you want to sign out all other devices Mm. like you can do that without do the same
1: thing yeah Hmm. yeah then I, i i don't know
0: yeah. Anyway, it's weird. Like, it's it's a good feature. Like, I mean, great. And that's one of the things where, again, for all the ways that Facebook is problematic, um, and bad, um, like they've been actually, I think I like I'm I'm not I've never downloaded or used WhatsApp, but I do think that is like they've pushed really really hard on the end to end encryption angle of that service. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think
1: one of the more interesting parts of this story, which we're not all that qualified to talk about, is, you know, Apple unveiled this feature and described it as being a worldwide feature. Mm. But there's a lot of questions about whether the Chinese government in particular is going to, to go along with this. What problems uh, would they have with it? <laughs> so that, to me, that's like... I personally don't really have a lot of interest in this feature. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm glad it's there. I'm happy for people who are into it, but to me, the, the interesting part of the story is going to come with how China reacts to it and whether, whether this actually does roll out in that territory.
0: Yeah. All right. And then the last couple of bits, and these are both, I think quickies only because like there's not there's, so these are, are are these both from mark Kerman? i think they are they are um yeah. so two two big scoops but i but that are not super chock full of details uh so with ios 617 um it is very likely that due to looming ueu regulation that the that apple will allow outside app stores uh of obviously only in the countries that are forcing that, so obviously not the United States until um anybody gets gets on their stuff with that, and I have ran out of free Bloomberg articles <laughs> and like I pay for the Wall Street Journal now just because I was hitting their paywall too much, but um you know i'm not I'm not paying forty dollars a month for Bloomberg um so uh, do you know the trick to get around paywalls?
1: it is it's not just like an incognito browser anymore it isn't
0: they got they got better at that mm. um you can go to archive.org and on almost all websites you can just paste the mm. url in and it does it so that's a that's a pro tip um so while that loads cuz i want to know because i feel like there was a quote in here related to um let me see oh no this one's still blocked too dang it Anyway, I could have sworn there was a thing where they were like Apple still gave some hint or like there was like somebody off the record that suggested that they will still try to somehow exercise their cut. I I don't know. It it it, it was silly, but it's interesting. And the only reason I think this is important or that, that it frustrates me is that the iPhone's about to become a worse product because of Apple's greed. Like they could have just cut the fee down to like 5 or 10%. Because like the iPhone is gonna be less secure, and it's gonna be harder to download apps, and it's gonna be a fragmented ecosystem, and it's gonna be objectively worse, all because they're so fucking stuck on this thirty percent figure, and that that sucks. Like, cause like the Android, Android's bad. For, uh, Android is a less ideal and, and less good operating system and user experience for a lot of reasons that you can criticize Apple, but Apple could have avoided all of this by just being less less shitty i don't know
1: yeah i'm um really skeptical that like i actually i mean i am sort of intrigued and surprised by this news but i'm really skeptical that apple's still not going to find a way to get their cut like i mean this is this is what we've already seen with you know the mandate that certain that uh, third party um, payment providers are allowed in certain territories and how Apple still is finding a way to, you know, get their 30%. I, 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 I I still, I don't think this is going to end up being necessarily what people want. So I, so I think you're right in that it's, it's kind of the worst of both worlds where it's going to make the iPhone less secure. And it's not like we're going to get a like truly free, you know, third party app ecosystem. Like Apple's still gonna find a way to control that, just in a less secure way.
0: Yeah. And then lastly, Apple is allegedly and I keep I keep forgetting that this is actually a thing because I just don't want to believe it. Cause it doesn't make like, are we on the same page that Apple making a car is dumb?
1: I, I want to see what it is like this. What I don't could know, it th-
0: possibly be that makes it fit into how Apple has been successful in the past?
1: I don't, I don't really know, but I, I'm this, this story of, of it being basically just a, like a really nice version of what we think of like a nice EV being today.
0: I think it's, it's ma- mostly motivated by the fact that you, you, you hope your next car does not have to come from, uh, from the dirt bag that makes your current car.
1: Well, it, it, it almost certainly will not. Yeah.
0: Uh, like it again, by the time it's time to replace your model three, you will have many other choices, whether, whether, whether it has a, uh, uh, Apple logo on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, so this is the thing. So Apple has, so the based off Garmin's reporting, the Apple self-driving car project is being scaled back quite a bit. Um, the ambitions of it are also being curtailed a little bit, which is that, uh, it is, it, when it ships in 2026 or 2027, it will have a steering wheel and pedals. So it is not being trusted or it is not being designed any longer to, um, be level five, fully autonomous. And the way most of the reporting is gone, it sounds like it's like Apple's basically resigning themselves to like making a bootleg super cruise. Is that kind of what you're hearing?
1: Well, I, th- I think that's
0: kind of like like a, hi- like a highway only type of situation.
1: That that's kind of where all the manufacturers are focused right now is having a, you know, mm, mostly I mostly hands-free. <laughs> true. I don't M- mostly hands-free freeway experience. That that's kind of that that seems to be what the main focus of most of the
0: car manufacturers is. But that's not novel.
1: No, I I think it is. I mean, super cool, no, but, 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 but new. No, no,
0: but but, then, but why Apple? I don't. I I don't don't see see them.
1: I could see them making like a really nice car.
0: But didn't they? Isn't the other the other shoe that drops here? Is that they're not going to make their own car? That like it's basically they're going to like not outsource, but they're they're going to just take an existing powertrain of an exist. Like they're not making their own car. They're partnering with somebody else, and they're they're going to apple appleify it, like the design of it and the interior, like in the infotainment stuff. But also, wasn't there that weird thing at last year or this year's WWDC where they're like, oh, yeah, like Apple, like car OS is going to be a thing Um, and they're going to try to take over even the like the instrument cluster, too. So I guess at that point, you're not making You're not actually making your own car and you're ostensibly angling to control every screen and like gauge in other people's cars. So then why are you even doing this? No, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. And then a couple of the cookies. Um, I would complain. I think, maybe on the show. This might have been an offline online thing, but uh, I felt like my OLED TV, which I've had for three years, and I feel like at some point in time I calibrated it or followed the r we've,
1: we've had them for well longer than that, haven't we? Maybe. I think, Still we've, great I think we've had them for five plus years at this point.
0: Yeah. Still as good as day one. It's it this it's probably dollar for dollar the my favorite purchase of the past decade. Yeah, I, it's a great. It's a
1: great TV. I'm 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 with you.
0: Um, I do wish they made a 60 inch version because I was thinking like, hey, I would like a TV that's slightly bigger than this, but they only make 55, 65, and like 80 inch ones. Right. 65 is too big uh, for my space. Um, not not the website. The um, so but I feel like i calibrated it properly a while ago but my i've been just feeling that the picture that's the picture was too the the color temperature was too cool um in terms of like the kelvin rating not like cool cool hip thing so i went into the settings for the first time uh and i forgot because it's it stays inside my coffee table i forgot that the actual tv remote for the lg oled a is a this like it's weird a weird remote Wiimote? yeah it's so weird and yeah. also bad yeah it's like it's, it's, it's very bad <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah i i found that. yeah no the color temperature like the the way that i had set it up like all the other settings looked pretty good but the color temperature was way skewed towards being cold and it's okay if you didn't if you didn't fall through this but i did want to know what your setting was because mine was at the c20 level which i think is mean like it's like 20 points to the cool side and then I shifted that down to C5 and it does look much more neutral and appropriately white balanced. So I was I was curious as to whether or not that was just from the factory or if I somehow just like botched my initial well, setup.
1: Well, I wonder if maybe part of what you did is is there are different settings whether or not you are watching something that's Dolby Vision or not.
0: I might have done the calibration back when I was using just before I had the Apple TV 4K yeah, or whatever.
1: That's probably what it was because as soon as you start watching anything that's in Dolby Vision, that kicks you into different picture settings. That, that I'm sure you could probably calibrate in a similar way, but but you have to, you know, separately calibrate from what you have done for non-Dolby Vision content.
0: Yeah. So I mean I adjusted that and that's the thing where like I I got rid of my TiVo I there there is no other device that connects to my TV other than the Apple TV 4k that I have mounted to the back of the TV so therefore like yeah there's only one mode and I'm never switching HDR I, I don't even know what Dolby Vision actually is like I used to know about technology but I don't anymore it's
1: it's it's like a specific spec of HDR I think you yeah. I, I don't really know because that, that's like anyway, one of the but, that's like the main deal like basically the only selling point of the new apple tv is it supports hdr 10 plus or some other like well whatever yes. like the I, it's like a samsung competitor i think to dolby vision or something like that no yeah. i don't know
0: oh i'm still sorry about <laughs> uh just mentioning samsung i remember i i, I peer pressured you into oh, buying a super piece, shitty tv piece of junk uh that tv sucked it was um, so bad <laughs> and it had a terrible remote too that didn't have any buttons on it and didn't it
1: like it had four HDMI ports but like only one of them actually was like i don't know it was, it was it bad was, it was
0: bad yeah again i bought in 2016 and 2016 was a bad year and i i i i blame i i blame hillary <laughs> um anyway all right and then uh beyond that two video gaming things i don't really have any oh no, we can't we, we can we
1: can skip over that stuff. okay
0: Infl- inflation is coming for your Xbox.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. All right. Chef specials. Do you have anything? Do you have an I, Amazon link for me? I have. I
1: have th- <laughs> I have three for you. I'm going to do something. How many? Cra- how many of them have here. Amazon links?
0: Two. Ooh. Okay. So I'm going to so give you. Free?
1: Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So I'm going to. I'm going to give you kind of a. Um. Kind of a nebulous pick here. So the first. The, the first pick here I have is. So when you were a kid. Did you watch the holiday specials? Did you watch like Rudolph and Frosty and all that stuff?
0: We've covered the fact that I, 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 I did a speed run through my childhood. But um, no. Well, yeah, so, so yes and no. I, 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 I'm, I like Peanuts and Charlie Brown. Okay. So I think there was a Charlie Brown Christmas special. Yeah. And I do have some memories of something of like a weird Frosty. But most of the other stuff, I've never watched a Christmas story. Okay,
1: well, so this, this may not, you know, hit home with you a ton, but okay. follow me here. So okay. I, I was really into all the Christmas specials as a kid, you know, when when Rudolph would come on and Frosty and he had the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Um, And I, you know, I, I have really vivid memories of you know, in late November, early December, starting to really carefully go through the TV guide and figuring out. When those were going to be on you know circling them on the calendar, and then you know making sure that we were home and in front of the t v when they would come on like that was a kind of a big part of scheduling around the holiday time um and over the weekend, we thought, oh, it'd be really fun for um the the older new housemate to watch Rudolph for the first time, and it was literally just a $10 purchase on iTunes that had been recently remastered in 4k (laughs) and could we could just instantly watch it on the Apple TV and like yeah like I I respect maybe the the nostalgia for like the way that you know I used to have to like figure out how to watch these Christmas specials but the way that we do it now is so much better it's 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 pretty great and I'm happy that my kids will just be able to instantly instantly buy all this stuff and instantly start streaming it in crazy high quality
0: uh, or like remastered or whatever yeah right? yeah okay
1: um so that i think um, that, that's pretty neat okay so that that's all my right. that's kind of my 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 nebulous pick this week, so my two other quick picks I, I have a Christmas decoration pick for you, which I felt. Kind of obligated to do, considering how many new Christmas decorations I have um this year, and this is one of them so this is a uh kind of just like a light up kind of Christmas tree sort of thing that we have in our front yard um one of my neighbors had something similar which kind of um inspired me to to buy one and it's it's really nice and it it has a feature which is kind of a necessity for us, which is it folds down really, really small <laughs> when it's not in use. Um and it it and it looks great when it's up. Um I don't get what 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 brand is this? It's it's some, some knockoff brand on Amazon. But Brighttown. Brighttown, yeah, there there it is. <laughs> adjacent to flavor too. So yeah, I I I I I like that quite a bit. And It was really easy to set up too. And it it also does like crazy like light patterns and stuff. I haven't have even used doesn't. any of that, but um So as long my, as, as long as you,
0: you will you, will you make a pledge to me and the listeners which is that you will never ever purchase one of those things that blows up and just becomes a thing?
1: Yeah, I so we we have a couple of neighbors down the street who are really really into the blow-up stuff and I I can't say I'm like passionately opposed to it, but I also have no interest in buying any of that stuff either.
0: I was at the Home Depot recently, and there was there was both they were right next to each other. I took a picture but I forgot to send it to you. Uh, there was a blow up Grogu and also a blow up Harry Potter, and I was like, I I hope Ryan has the restraint not to walk past this and not buy it
1: yeah i i do i'm not i'm not really into um i'm not really into the blow up stuff i'm also not really into the like branded christmas stuff i kind of like just the more generic christmas stuff if that
0: makes sense blow up stuff's lazy
1: like like, i I like i like like stuff that's timeless
0: it's like it's like having funko pops on your porch it's just not it's not cool yeah just like regular like just having having a reindeer having a tree that's much more classic and.
1: Yeah. It's better. Thank you. Um so this, this is my last pick. I think this one you'll you'll probably you will like the most of these picks. Um did I send you the same link twice? No, I didn't. Um so this is a um so this this is uh Duff Goldman, who's kind of a, a famous food network guy. He came out with this um super good cookies for kids cookbook. And um I got this for uh, the older new Housemaid is kind of like an early Christmas gift because she's been really into baking recently, um, and she, she's we we actually haven't even made any of the cookies from this yet, but she's been really really into just looking at all of them, which has been adorable. Um, and that this book is like it's it's really really nicely done. Like all the all the photography is excellent. You know the the recipes are a little bit on the simpler side which <laughs> i appreciate as a as a as an adult who <laughs> sometimes struggles in the kitchen um yeah it's, it's just it's a really fun nice book and it, it talks a lot about various techniques of decorating um it actually has a fortune cookie um recipe now that i think about <laughs> it to bring it full circle um yeah it, it's just it's a really it's a really nice nice book It's it's a nice coffee table book even so yeah there, there's there's a handful of recipes in there
0: that i'm I'm really looking forward to make okay well let me t- take f- find the best one and take a picture of it for me yeah um i do appreciate on the cover you, you got you got an american bison on here you got a very cutely de- decorated snail uh, maple leaf cookie like I, I think this is this is neat it's fun but wait what what, what is the So i'm looking at the description here what is the kids baking championship it's a, it's a show. Is it like MasterChef Junior, or what is it? Basically, yeah. You only get $10,000? These kids are going to learn about inflation eventually. That's not... <laughs> All
2: right.
0: Okay. Uh, I got nothing this week, so you guys can spend the extra money on Ryan's stuff, because I got nothing.